Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome back into the Tide Talk Podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, just uh, ready to talk some some uh, draft picks with you, man. Absolutely, we got a we got a jam packed show tonight talking about the NFL draft and all the Alabama players that were selected, and then the the couple that were picked up in the free agent market afterwards. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is completely free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, Jake, let's just dive right into, into this NFL draft. Uh, you know, when – when you recap a draft, it, it it's uh, for Alabama. Uh, it's a loaded episode because there's always a bunch of players drafted, right? <laughs> but and and first off the board was of course Jalen Waddle at number six to the Miami Dolphins. So we do get that, uh, you know, teaming back up with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So Jake, Jake, just kind of what's your impressions of of the pick for Miami there at number six, uh, selecting Jalen Waddle? You know, I really like it. You know, uh, our pre-draft, uh, we talked about how Waddle would probably be the first guy off the board for, for Alabama. And um, it's a great pickup by the Dolphins. Uh, we talked about how the Dolphins needed a, a guy on the, you know, Robert Seaton core who could stretch the field pretty much. And he, you know, if he gets past uh, his uh, his corner, the guys defend him, he's gone. And, uh, and we already know Tua has the accuracy to, to get the ball to him. And I just want to say, you know, a lot of people I've talked to is like, you know, I figured it had been Devontae be the first one. But I told him, I said, I, I had a feeling it would be Waddle, the first wide receiver to go. And that's no no disrespect to Devontae. But, you know, if the roles were, roles were reversed and Devontae was the one that got injured, I believe Waddle would have won the – you know, the uh, Heisman Trophy and be the best uh, wide receiver in the nation. So, I mean, Waters has an it factor, and he's had it ever since he's been in Alabama. So, I, I had a feeling he would be the first one to go. Well, and the NFL likes explosive playmakers, and that's what Jalen Waddle is. I mean, you look at 
his not 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 only his ability to catch the ball and you know uh, yards after the catch, but his punt return and kick return abilities. Yeah. He is just, I mean, to me, he was the most expo- explosive player in the entire draft. So uh, to me, it was kind of a I don't want to say an obvious choice for Miami, but the the choice that would make the most sense, just in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, there's no uh, disrespect to Devontae Smith. He's a great no, no. wide receiver as well. But, you know, Jalen can pretty much do it all. And uh, like you said, punt return, kickoff. And remember, he's the one – he got injured on a kickoff return against Tennessee. So, you know uh, beforehand what he did as a punt returner and a kick returner. Yeah, Waddle's just – dude, I'm going to miss seeing that dude because he was so much fun to watch. And like you said, it's no disrespect to – to Devontae Smith, I mean, uh, he's no slouch. So, I mean, they, I don't think they could have went wrong either direction. Oh, no. If I would have had a pick, I would have picked Waddle, uh, too. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and in my mind, you know, no disrespect to Jamar Chase, but Waddle and Devontae Smith, to me, are the two best wide receivers in this draft. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's because we, we kind of – you know, Chase sat out this last year, so we yeah. can't forget how great he was. I mean, he he was phenomenal with Joe Burrow in that LSU offense a couple of years back. But uh, and you know, I, I think it's splitting hairs when you're looking at all three of them. They all three are a little bit different. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase is just a little bit you know bigger than the other two guys. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Waddle, his explosiveness you know, is just is what separates him from, from the other two guys. And but like I said, it's really just splitting hairs. Oh, absolutely. But we move on to uh the next guy taking off the board at Bama and uh that was by the uh, the Denver Broncos and they uh, picked up Patrick Sertain uh Junior. Man, uh well, what do you feel about that pick? A re- really good pick there. You know I we we thought all along that he would go to number ten to the Cowboys, but the Cowboys wound up, you know, trading back a couple spots to I believe number twelve, um, and you know, Sertan kind of fell right there in her lap after uh, the Panthers selected J.C. Horn right before him at number eight. So to to me, the Broncos got a got a really good pick there at number nine. To me, the best the best corner the best defensive back in this 2021 NFL draft class. So uh, a guy that I think will be a, you know, a, a, you know, 10 to 15 year pro bowler, in my opinion, I think he's, you know, get him a couple years under his belt in the league. And before you know it, you know, he's going to be a pro bowler every single year, you know, just, just one of those guys, he's a technician. Uh, He can play the run. We know what he can do in coverage. So uh, really, really good pickup for the Denver Broncos. They're they're going to have a really stout defense when you think about uh, guys like Bradley Chubb and uh, Von Miller, and and now you got you know Kareem Jackson's in the back end of that defense as well. So uh, I believe he's coming back again for the Broncos. So now you got two two Bama boys back there in the secondary. Uh, so that that Denver defense is going to be pretty stout. Absolutely, and you know it's it's kind of funny. You, you we we do these. Uh, these post drafts updates to you guys, but you know, it's kind of hard to go through the league now and not have a reunion of sorts with uh, two outcome <laughs> players. You know, uh, not only do you have a, a, an older guy who played a, a few years ago in a Kareem Jackson, but now you have uh, Jalen, uh, not Jalen, but um, 
Patrick's uh, opinion. Yeah, uh, no, I'm talking about uh, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, yeah. Yeah, he's he's on the offensive side for the Broncos, but Patrick here, man, it, it was a great pick, like you said, for the Broncos. Uh, you, like you said, you have a shutdown corner for years to come for the Broncos, and and that defense, uh, they're they're building a, a very very good defense uh, uh, in uh, Denver. Uh, just depends on what the quarterback play does. Uh, but they have a lot of talent on the offensive side as well. So if they get – It's all on Drew Locke right now. Right. So if Drew Locke can develop and be, you know, a, a consistent quarterback per se, man, that, that Denver team is going to be going to be fun to watch here in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the weapons are there on offense. We know the defense is going to be, you know, probably top five to seven in the league mm-hmm. or so. So, uh, you know – that they have a chance to be a really good club if, if they can get some solid quarterback play. Absolutely. And uh, it's uh, if you're a Denver Broncos fan, you got to be loving this pick and, and loving the team that they're building right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like we said, it's, it's, it's on to me, it's, it's now on Drew Locke's shoulders. I mean, if it's, it's time to, to put up or, you know, show out. I mean, he, he it's, uh, he has no excuses now. If he gets hurt, that's I mean that's part of the game as well. But um, uh, to me, there, there's no excuses for the talent around him. He has some some skills out wide with Cortland Sutton and uh, Jerry Judy. He's got a couple solid tight ends. Offensive lines in pretty good shape. So uh, you know, r- right now, Drew Locke, it's it's time for him to shine. If if he can play it, if he can't cut in this league, they'll you know the, the NFL is a cutthroat business. They'll move on to somebody else pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they traded for uh, Teddy Bridgewater, too, uh, before the draft. Right. So, I don't know if, if Teddy can beat out Drew Locke, but maybe just having him, you know, back there gets it in his mind. like, man, I got somebody pressuring me. I got I to gotta step up my game and, and get yeah. better. Yep. So Yeah, competition breeds excellence. So, we'll kind of kind of see what Denver can do there on offense and how their quarterback position, you know, plays out this season. But moving on, Jake, we got uh, the very next pick in the draft was uh, the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Devontae Smith, the former Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama. He's going to be teaming back up with Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jake, just what's your thoughts with, with that pick? And, you know, they swap places with uh, with the Dallas Cowboys from 12 to 10 to, to ensure they got Devontae Smith. So, you know, what's your thoughts on that pick for Philadelphia? I It, it was a good pick. I don't know – I mean, I wouldn't have seen Dallas picking uh, Devontae at ten. I don't really see the Bears picking a wide receiver when they need when they need a, uh, a you know quarterback uh, at eleven. So them moving up and losing some picks, I don't think you know who knows. But but Devontae will come in and give give you know one hundred percent every play. And uh, now Jalen Hurts got him a good uh, a good wide receiver to uh, to target every time. So. Uh, you know, Philadelphia is going to uh, up and up. Uh, that uh, what what division are they in? They're you in know, in, uh, in NFC. They're with the Cowboys, the Redskins, yeah. not the Redskins anymore. The the yeah. Washington Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. We we can go another podcast on that crap. But anyway, yeah, that division is getting pretty stout now, and and it's a lot of Alabama loaded heavy teams <laughs> yeah. now too. <laughs> well, you can just about say that for every team in the league, but yeah, it's it's. I think the reason Philadelphia move up moved up is because they knew that Dallas was shopping that tenth pick, and they didn't want another team to 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 come in there and get that pick because they really wanted Smith. They needed to get Hurts a weapon out wide, 
and that's what they got with Devonte Smith. They got oh. a guy who's, you know, the slim reaper. He's going to show up every day, put in the work, and he's just going to be a consistent, uh, you know, pass catcher, and just going to make plays for this Philadelphia offense. So I, I can't wait to see the Hurts to Smith combination again. <clears throat> Excuse me, absolutely. And you know, we we know Devonte get up and, and catch a ball. I mean, we remember that one-handed catch against LSU. So, you put it in, in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. <laughs> oh, that's right. De- Devontae, Devontae, like I said, he's just he's one of those guys that you can rely on. I mean, to me, it, when the game's on the line, that's who I want to throw to is Devontae Absolutely. Smith. So, And, of course, we already saw that with Jalen Hurts there against Mississippi State. Uh, you know, I think it was Devontae's freshman year there. You know, he catches that slant pass late in the game and, and scores a touchdown to win it. So, uh, Devontae's always made the cut, the clutch catches, whether it's that game or the national championship game against Georgia was second and 26. So, uh, Devontae's just that guy that, you know, you can rely on to make the play for you when you need a play made. So really good pickup for Philadelphia there, uh, moving up a couple spots to make sure they do get Devontae Smith. Yeah. I, I really like to pick and, um, that's, uh, I'm be excited to see the hurts and, and a Smith connection, like you said, for, for the next several years. But moving on, um, man, to me, this still the draft is is the next guy in the New England Patriots with uh, Mac Jones. Um, you know, when when Mac fell all the way down to the Patriots, you got to know that Bill Belichick's eyes lit up because you know, of course, I don't I don't want to get Barners on me, but but no disrespect to Cam, but he is kind of getting older and he's been. And kind of inconsistent past couple of years for I think he only had one year with the Patriots, but beforehand he started showing a little bit of inconsistency. But now Mac can almost come in and start day one. I don't expect him to. I hope that he keep they keep him you know behind Cam for a year because they did sign Cam for another year and let him learn the playbook and learn you know mesh with the offensive guys. And uh, but man, that to me that was a huge pickup by the Patriots. Yeah, uh, I kind of have two thoughts on this. Uh, who kind of lucked up more, uh, Mac not getting picked by the 49ers there and then falling to the Patriots, or the flip side of that, the Patriots – or Mac Jones falling in the Patriots' lap, you know? <laughs> who, who, who was probably – who was more thankful in that moment? So, uh, just just kind of the stars aligned – if you think about it there with, with a uh, Mac falling there to number 15 to the Patriots. So uh, I, I love the pick. I love the, you know, the, the situation for Mac. Uh, I think Belichick is the perfect coach for Mac. Uh, I, I think that system is perfect for Mac. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't, I can't see a set of circumstances where Mac does not succeed uh, you know, with Josh McDaniel and Bill Belichick. So I'm excited to see that get started. Like you said, not only is Cam Newton there, but Jarrett Stidham's there. So uh, right. uh, it's going to be an interesting quarterback room there with the two two Auburn guys and then then Mac coming in. So uh, it's uh, that's something to look forward to, you know, once uh, they get to uh, – they don't call it fall camp, but, uh, you know, once they get to, to practice in there uh, before uh, the, uh, the, the preseason starts. So – Really looking forward to seeing what Matt can do with, with the greatest NFL coach of all time. So, uh, you know, both parties, I believe, were kind of fortunate that that Mac fell to that spot for the Patriots. 
Absolutely. And and low key, to be honest, you know, I, I would have loved Matt to go higher, but you know, especially when there was a lot of talk about him going number three, but he fell right into, like you said, the lap of the Patriots. And and I really, really, really wanted him to go there. Okay. Just because, like you said, the 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 system, he's going to thrive in that system under Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. Like you say, he's got a great coach, kind of like a saving ass top, top coach up there. No nonsense, just get to work, top coach. And, uh, you know, I know Bill Belichick was just – Foaming at the mouth when Matt Jones dropped there. So I, I'm excited to, to see the future that he has up there with the Patriots. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, rounding out the first first round of the draft for Alabama, kind of the, the surprising pick of the first round, regardless of what school they played at. And that's Alex Leatherwood going number 17 to the Raiders. So, Jake, first of all, how surprised were you? And, and how do you feel about the pick there? Yeah, it was very surprising. And, um, you know, Leatherwood, I would say about him, you know, I, you know, when he, when he is in, in his zone, man, he is probably one of the best tackles. Oh, absolutely. And, and he shows shades of that, you know, at Alabama. And, and, you know, John Gruden loves Alabama guys. Seems like all these coaches seem like they like Alabama guys now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but I think it was, it was a shock. But, you know, it's not surprising. Maybe it was a little little much of a reach, but Leatherwood's going to come in and give it his all from day one. And and they really need some offensive line help to keep uh, Derek Carr upright uh, because Derek Carr has a lot of talent on that offensive side with, of course, more Alabama guys with Henry Ruzz and uh, Justin Jacobs, but uh, – uh, Josh Jacobs, but uh, – so I mean, you got to you got to have offensive line to keep quarterback up. So I maybe it was a little of a reach, but a very good pick, I think. Well, it, it, here's my thoughts on it. I, I think talent level. Um, he's as he's pretty much as talented as as any of the guys in the draft. Um, you're talking about a guy who has 34 inch arms. He's not going to play left tackle. He's he's a right tackle or he's a guard. But but here's my thing. Here's why I don't think it's that much of a reach I, I think Leatherwood has I don't I don't see why he couldn't be a you know a few time pro bowler either as a right tackle or as a guard in the league so if if, if you think he can do that you know four or five times throughout a 15-year career then you know what's the big deal with drafting him at 17 right so I, I mean I, I and whether he plays guard or tackle does that matter if he gets you four or five pro bowls you know in a in a 12-year career, I mean, I and I, to me, that that seems like an almost certainty, in my opinion. So, I, I don't think it's too far a reach. I think he was being a little bit undervalued in the draft, and I think a lot of that was because there's a couple games where he's he, he maybe doesn't, especially pass blocking, there, there was some struggles against the smaller, quicker guys, and, and he struggled a lot at the senior bowl during practice. But all I know – is that he was a what a three four year starter at Alabama? Yeah, I, you know what that tells me. That tells me the dude can play some football. Yeah. So and, and I think that's what it told John Gruden and Mike Mayock there with the Raiders. So uh, I don't think it was too much of a reach. Uh, to me, I thought he was a late first round guy, but they get him there, you know, right, you know, right in the middle 
of the first round. So to me, it's not too much of a reach. I think he has the potential to be a, a guy who could be selected to a couple Pro Bowls. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the pick. They needed some offensive line help. Uh, not only for for the quarterback, but to open up some lanes for Josh Jacobs. And the one thing that Leatherwood excels in is run blocking. So Josh Jacobs is is definitely happy to to be running behind Alex Leatherwood again. Absolutely, and uh, man, it's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know that that uh, Raider offense uh, with all them Bama guys uh, this coming up year. But you uh, you said that this was the last pick uh, of the first round, but we forgot about Najee, brother. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah. We did. Didn't yeah. We? <laughs> Yeah, Man, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Najee right. went to Najee went to the Steelers uh, at uh, twenty four, and uh, he was the first. Uh, what the first running back taken? Yeah, yeah, he was. Above, yeah, over at uh, ETN. So, uh, what do you think about about the Steelers' choice there? Well, w- we talked about it in our pre draft podcast about how we thought that's where he would go. He's the perfect fit there in that Steelers offense with Big Ben. Uh, we talked about how he was a, a Le'Veon Bell clone. Uh, when Le'Veon Bell was in his prime, I think Najee Harris is – no joke, Jake. Yet you, y'all might call me crazy, but I think Najee Harris is going gonna, is gonna to make a push for rookie of the year on the oh, offensive wow. side. I really believe that. I think he's going to be about a 1,100-yard rusher and about a 700-yard receiving guy. I really believe that. I think he has a great opportunity to do that. Uh, I, I don't think they re-signed James Conner. Oh, I didn't think about that. I don't, I, think, I don't they think they did. I and you know, I, I could be talking way out of school here, guys. So don't quote me on it. But for some reason, I feel like I heard that they did not re-sign uh, James Conner. Uh, so uh, y'all can clarify us that in you know in our thread after we post this uh, on Twitter. But uh, anyways, I love the pick. I think Najee Harris is going to be a stud in that offense. And uh, actually, I just found it here. Um, uh, yeah, James Conner is now a Cardinal. So, uh, looks like okay. – yeah, looks like um, the number one spot is going to go to Najee Harris. So, you're, you may be right all on it of a uh, rookie of the year for him. Uh, He's my sleeper pick for rookie of the year. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good – that's a very good sleeper and a very – very bold uh, there, but uh, I don't think it's really that bold because, I mean, it could happen. Najee is a beast on the backfield, and, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to see him uh, do a few uh, hurdles over a couple of defenders. <laughs> you know, that he, he always just, you know, brought energy to that offense. And, uh, and uh, man, the Steelers got got an awesome pick there. And, uh, you know, Big big Ben is getting, getting kind of older, so it's going to see, you know, we'll have to see who the future of the – Quarterback's going to be there, but Big Ben probably be there another year or two. So, you know, it's going to be fun, you know, for Big Ben just hand the ball off and know he's going to at least have somebody. You know, if the offensive line opens up holes, that's the biggest thing in the NFL. It's so hard to to, uh, to generate a good running game in the, yeah. in the NFL. But, you know, Najee can't come in and give you, four, you know, four or five yards a carry. So, Big Ben's got to be loving that. Yeah, and, and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is, is going to be a major asset uh, for that offense. So I look forward to seeing how that offense develops. All right, Jake, before we move on to the, to the second round picks and, and all that, I want to take a minute to tell everybody a little bit about Canaan. Uh, you know, it's, it's about time to get back outside, Jake, to mow the yard and do all that stuff out, you know, work outside, take a long cruise out in the summer sun, you know. But, you know, in, in Canaan sunglasses – 
I don't know if you know this or not, but they, they are made exclusively with polar, polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're also made with Jap Japanese optics, so their lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than any other lens out there. And then their, their frames are Italian handcrafted, so they are impossible to scratch. So right now, you can use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off your first pair of sunglasses. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15. Canon, clearly better. All right, Jake, moving on now. We're, we're, we've made it to the second round, and, and we've talked about how uh, you know maybe Christian Barmore would make it into the first round, uh, but but he didn't, and then he he slipped a little bit. You know, he, he was a few picks later on in the uh, in the second round. But we believe that that Christian Barmore is going to be the was you know kind of going to be the big guy to boom that from the second round. But then uh, Philadelphia moves moves in there and takes Landon Dickerson with the fifth pick in the second round. So now we, we've got three Bama boys on that offense for Philadelphia with with uh, Landon Dickerson, Jalen Hurts, and Devontae Smith. What do you think about that pick for uh, Philadelphia? Man, I love it. You know, we talked about uh, Landon Dickerson, how he was the heart and soul of that off, you know, about the team Absolutely. pretty much. And, uh, man, I'm going to miss him uh, in that Crimson jersey. But Philadelphia, I know they watched film on him, and they saw, you know, how you know how, what he did and his uh well he was there what two years at Alabama uh, and uh yeah, I think yeah and I mean he, he come in from the start and uh he played a little bit of guard then then they transitioned him to to center and then when he became the center at Alabama it like gelled perfectly on that offensive line and you know like, like I said everybody loved him when he went down that injury in the Florida game I mean everybody on the sideline coming and gave him a hug or gave him a high five, you know. And then, of course, you know, bring a little tear to the eye. He come back out to watch the boys win the game, and and he was still sitting in the on the stretcher. But you know, Landon, he he's an all around guy, and uh, Philadelphia just got a great lineman for years to come. And uh, Jalen's got to be be happy that he's gonna have somebody that he knows going to keep keep him upright at least on his side of the ball for sure. Yeah, Landon will always be one of my favorite players uh, in, in Alabama history. Just his toughness, his grit, his uh, you know his willingness to lay it on the line for for his team, and and all that kind of resonated there when he got hurt and uh, against Florida there in the SEC championship championship game. And I don't know if you remember when I had uh, Joshua McMillan on the podcast, he talked about that moment and you know how hard it was to see. Landon go down and, and kind of what Landon meant to that team. So uh, he's just one of those special dudes who uh, who just instantly makes your team better, whether he steps on the field or not. Just he's just one of those one of those guys who just makes a big impact on everyone around him. So I'm excited for for Philadelphia to have him on on their team to go along with Jalen and Devontae. Absolutely, man. That was a huge pickup. You know, and uh, I, I'm excited for, for Landon because, you know, I was afraid that that injury is going to going to hurt his draft stock. But Philadelphia, you know, saw something in him and they was like, man, I got it. We got to have this guy. And, and man, they, they went up there and took him. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, another album, dude, uh, <laughs> our, our guy Christian Ballmore gets picked by uh, 
Alabama, the NFL, New England Patriots. <laughs> uh, I mean, could that could that be an, a better situation for Christian Barmore? I mean, than the Patriots. I mean, the the them are boys that got picked by the Patriots. You know, I mean, it, it's the system is no different than what they played in. It seemed like they, they're going to get they're going to get plenty of playing time and. and you know, they already know that their coach now, Bill Belichick, is a no-nonsense coach, just like Saban was, go and do your job and, and everything be great. But what a pickup by, by the Patriots. And, you know, we talked about if Barmore, you know, if, if it's just like it's it's not no disrespect, it's like a mental thing to him. But if he puts it all together, he is going to be a force for years to come inside for the Patriots. And he's going to be he's going to be chasing down a lot of quarterbacks, I do believe. Well, I mean, when he's at his best, he's Quentin Williams. Oh yeah, easily. so and, and Quentin Williams was what the number three pick in the draft a couple years back. Yeah, so uh, they got great great value there. I, and here's here's my here's my other bold prediction: uh, Christian Barmore will have six plus sacks in his rookie season for the Patriots. Ooh, nice. I like it. So I, I I love the fit. There's not much to say about that. That's the perfect situation for Baltimore. He will flourish under Bill Belichick. He's going to have a great career there in New England. Uh, who is New England's uh, defense coordinator? I don't even know. I mean, uh, everybody talks about Josh Josh McDaniels and and Bill Belichick. But I don't I, know, is I don't is know. Matt Patricia back yet? I know the Lions fired him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It I, might be, but I, I have no idea. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but. Either way, I know Belichick will will get you know get 100 out of Barmore, you know each and every every game for sure. Well, we're we're winding down now, guys. We just we we don't we go a while without a pick. Uh, there's not a single pick between rounds three through five, so we get to the sixth round, and Deontay Brown, the offensive guard, is uh, taken by the Panthers. Uh, Jake, do do you see uh, Brown? Uh, ever starting uh, for the Panthers? Uh, potentially. I don't know exactly what they have on the offensive line, but, you know, Devontae's a big, big, massive guy, and, you know, he didn't let anybody buy him, and he was a bulldozer uh, in the run in the running game. So, you know, maybe he can sneak his way in the starting rotation. Uh, it may take a year or two, uh, depending, depending on who they have and if they have anybody who leaves or retires, but I think eventually he can make his way into uh, the starting rotation and and be a very solid offensive guard or tech, you know for them. Yeah, he's uh if if he can control his weight, mm-hmm. improve to the to the guys in the NFL that he can, you know, maintain a, a good healthy weight. Uh, I I don't I think he has the talent to be a starter in this league or in the NFL as a guard. Uh, you, we know that he can he can maul some people in the run game, and you know I, I found it inter- interesting. He never gave up a sack at Alabama. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a is that awesome not crazy? Thing. So I, I think I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, it's just it's just going to be whether or not he can maintain his weight or not. So I, I'm definitely you know going to be interested to see. And I'm with you. I, I don't know a lot about Carolina's offensive line situation, so I really can't speak. You know. Uh, to that a whole lot, and then the Panthers later on in the in the sixth round, a surprise, a surprise, a huge surprise. <laughs> Not because the dude can't play, but because this position doesn't really get drafted like ever. 
And that's Thomas Fletcher, the long snapper, uh, being selected, you know, with the 38th pick in the uh, in the sixth round uh, by the uh, by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, <laughs> how surprised were you by that? I was very surprised. And I think uh, Fletcher was too. But uh, oh, that uh, call was phenomenal. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, but you know, you got to have a long snapper who can get the ball to uh, to your opponent and to uh, you know to the guy who's holding for field goals. And I don't think Fletcher, uh, I can recall at Alabama, ever let one go past a punter when no. when he was snapping. So I mean, he is he is the bonus of of you know, a consistency. So, you know, if they, if they was in the need of a, of a long snapper, they, they feel that need and for years to come. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think they draft a long snapper without knowing that he's going to be their starter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of like with, with kickers, you know, and punters, yeah. if, you know, you don't, you don't draft, you don't see them hardly ever drafted, but when you do get one drafted, they're pretty much going to start day one. So exactly. I, exactly. Same way, same way with a long snapper. So. Yeah. Well, well, to me, Jake, the, the biggest surprise out of the entire draft was the fact that, that Dylan Moses would not, was not selected. Yeah. Um, it's a travesty. It really is. Um, it's, it's unfortunate for Dylan. Uh, we know the talent that he has. We also understand the injury situation that he has. And, uh, you know, obviously we all know about the injury that, that forced him to miss the, the 2019 season. But then, you know, it's been, it's been reported that in the third game of this last year, he tore his meniscus in his, in his other knee. So he played the entire, pretty much the entire season last year with another hurt knee. And, you know, that's a lot of the reason why he's, he, he fell out of the draft. Um, now Jacksonville did pick him up, you know, as a, as an undrafted free agent. Uh, so he's down there with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Cam Robinson's on that team. Uh-huh. I believe is, is Carson Tinker still their long snapper? Might be. Uh, so, uh, I, I hope Dylan can get healthy and and get back to the Dylan Moses we knew before his injury in 2019. Because before that injury, Jake, we're talking about a guy who was probably going to be a top ten pick. So oh, absolutely. So what Jacksonville has right now in an undrafted free agent is is top ten talent. If healthy, and if yeah. and also if 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 he can mentally recover from those type of injuries, so uh, I I'm very interested in seeing, you know, how Dylan Moses recovers and and if he can make an impact on an NFL roster. Yeah, I agree 100. percent And like you said, he he was a top ten talent for sure before the injury, so he went undrafted and got signed by the Jaguars. So. You know they they may let him let him set a year, let his injuries heal up and rehab a little bit. But if he can if he can get the mental state back and fight through all the injuries and and rehab, man, he's gonna he's gonna be you know dominating and in the offense you know on that uh, linebacking court for uh, the Jaguars. And and I like you said I hate it because you know I I don't know if we talked about it in. In the pre-draft uh, podcast, we might have mentioned it, but I know we mentioned it off off air. But um, you know, he was projected as a second-round pick and fell all the way and didn't even get drafted. So, you know, it's very unfortunate for him. But 
if, like you said, if he can get his, you know, get through his injuries and, and get the mental uh, evaluation and get it back, he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying he'll he'll ever be a starter in the league, but I think he's going to be one of those guys who can hang around teams and you know make impact on special teams and be a good solid backup, be a good third down uh, linebacker uh, covering backs out of the backfield, and, and you know once he's healthy and back to his full you know athletic potential. So, and and also uh, another another free agent signee was. Uh, Miller Forstall being picked up by the Tennessee Titans, Jake's team. So I know he's excited about that. Oh yeah, uh, you know Titans need a, a tight end. Uh, we we traded our best one away. I don't know why, or either trade him or, or let him walk uh, to a free agent. But um, you know we we need some tight end help. I don't I don't think he'll ever you know start. But if we ever need a uh, a third down tight end to, to make a catch. You know, he was very consistent catching the ball at Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he's – he. the only thing about him, he just don't have the speed uh, as some tight ends do. But, you know, if he's consistent and, and can hover around that third down line and you need – you got to, you know, check off to him, he's going to catch and, and and get that first down for you at least. So uh, he might be a third down tight end type guy uh, for the Titans if he makes it feel yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's exactly how I see him, you know, making an impact for a team in the, in the NFL. So, uh, excited for Miller, excited for the Titans to have him. He's there with, with Derrick Henry now. Uh, I also seen, you know, speaking of an album player on the Titans, that they did not pick up the fifth-year option on Rashawn Evans. Yeah, it's kind of surprising, but they don't ever pick up a fifth-year option for anybody, and they just let them walk for some reason. I don't know. So, so he's he's now he, he's going to be a free agent this summer, right? Correct. So okay. it'd be interesting to see where he goes, but you know, it. I, I want who? How is Henry the? I mean, Henry's got to be the best running back, probably in our. You know, at least one of the best in our lifetimes. I mean, I just oh yeah, you know, that, yeah. that dude. He's you know, unbelievable. And the Titans, you know, I, we're going off record here, but the Titans got to sign him long-term. I think he's in the last year of his contract. They get rid of him. That that team be lucky to win six games year after that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's made up for a lot of uh, – uh, I don't, I don't want to crap talk Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a solid quarterback, but he's mm-hmm. not elite. So, Derrick Henry covers up a lot of that, so – uh, they, they really can't afford to lose Derrick Henry. No, they can't. But uh, anyway, we kind of got a little bit off subject there. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. that, that kind of wraps up our post-draft podcast. Uh, sorry we're a few days late, but you know how scheduling conflicts can occur. But we did want to get this out real quick. So we appreciate everybody tuning in for us. Jake, if you don't have anything else to add, I think we can kind of head on out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, brother. I need to get in bed anyway. You know, five o'clock rolls up. <laughs> Comes early. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, you know, leave us a five star written review. You can find us on all the major podca- podcast platforms. Uh, follow our podcast on Twitter at Tide Talk Pod. You can follow me at Blackwood eighty nine. I'm at Jake Thomas TTS. All right, guys. Well, y'all take care. Until next time, roll tide. Roll tide.